Well, hello and welcome to another Scott McKenna podcast. Thanks so much for taking a few minutes out of your day. I hope you enjoy this episode. Got a chance to sit down with uh, my good friend, who has become my good friend, I should say, Colin Ross. He is a YouTube creator with over half a million subscribers between his two channels and just a guy that is just a great filmmaker. I'm just an interesting guy with a cool background of, of coming from a very small city in Kansas and now moving out to L.A., all on the backbones of creating a successful YouTube channel. And it's just, I think, inspiring to hear for any of you young creators who are out there looking to be a full-time YouTuber or looking to fulfill your dream of possibly moving to a big city, there's hope for you. Whether you're in a small city, big city, whatever it is, you need to work hard, you need to create, you got to keep creating. And that's what Colin talks a little bit about in this episode. And I think you'll find it valuable. And as always, I would love to hear from you at Scott W. McKenna on Twitter. Tell me what you think of the episode. But that's it for the intro. Let's get right into the episode and let's get right into this conversation that I got to have with Colin Ross. So Colin, thanks so much for being here today on the Scott McKenna podcast. Appreciate you taking some time out of your busy schedule. I know it's just after dinner time out in LA and I'm probably very jealous of what your weather is right now. Yes, it is. It's quite warm here. I think it was around 75 degrees today. And I was actually, I was making fun of, uh, I texted my mom today and I told her, um, it's 75 degrees. I sent her a picture of a palm tree and she replied with a picture of a snowy driveway. So I kind of, I kind of felt guilty, but it's, it's pretty nice. That's wrong. I used to do that all the time. When I lived in Arizona, that's what I did almost on a daily basis from November to March. I would send people just weather updates. But it's awesome to have you on. I know we got a chance to kind of interact and meet for the first time a couple months ago through YouTube, um, as so many of us get a chance to meet. And I just love the community on YouTube. It's just cool to to run into other filmmakers. And at the time, you were obviously in Kansas. And a lot has changed since then, which we're going to dive into and talk a little bit about that. But what I kind of wanted to talk about at the start of this is just kind of your journey into filmmaking. Um, you obviously are a fantastic filmmaker and you're, you're an independent filmmaker now. And I just would love to hear a little bit about kind of how you got started into it in the first place. What made you pick up a camera? Who made you pick up a camera? How did you get into it all? Okay. First of all, I want to say thank you for the compliment. Um, I got into filmmaking when I was it started as kind of an obsession with technology. I was always obsessed with computers and cameras before the cameras really had video functionality, at least like the point and shoot cameras. But I remember when I was like three or four years old, I was playing on the computer up in, um, before we could move in, before my parents and I could move into our new house, we were staying with my grandparents. And I was upstairs on my grandma's, you know, like huge computer at the time, probably weighed like 100 pounds, okay, like 50 pounds. But I remember my mom came in or my grandma came in. She's like, Colin, what are you doing? And I remember just saying, like, I'm playing on the pooter, mom. Like, I've just, I've always been obsessed with technology. And it kind of started as photography. I remember I got my first DSLR when I think I was like 11 or 12. I asked for it for Christmas and my parents delivered. And I remember opening that package, just being so excited. And it was a Canon Rebel 400D. And so it didn't have any video functionality, but I would soon find out that I wanted that. The first time I really got interested in filmmaking, I saw a YouTube video on the homepage from a YouTuber called uh, Freddie W. He was a YouTuber who made short action scenes. um, And at that time I had no idea, but he used a program called Adobe After Effects. And I, I remember seeing this action short. There was like gunshots and muzzle flares and 
I watched the behind the scenes and it was just two guys that made this movie. And I think at the time it was maybe maybe 13 or 14. And I, I saw that and I was like, I want to learn how to do that. I want to learn how to create. I want to create a video just like that. And it led to me. I had a point and shoot at the time. I think it recorded like maybe 360p, maybe 480p. Switched it to video mode, just ran and headed out with my friends and recorded a little action scene. At the time, I didn't have After Effects. I was just using Sony Vegas. And it all it all kind of started from there, getting the inspiration from seeing seeing someone create an independent short action film and wanting to create something like that um that's kind of kind of where it all started that's cool and what year so what year was that when did you get that 400d uh i got the 400d i think around i want to say maybe 2007 or 2008 yeah so i mean 2000 you know in that time frame too there was that was so early into youtube that was way before the incredible amount of resources we have now to learn anything you can possibly imagine and i think you know what we talked about a little bit earlier and what i'd love for you to talk more about is obviously on your youtube channel now you do a lot of tutorials you do a lot of things about after effects and a lot of training which is fantastic but what we talked about that i think is an important lesson that you learned because you had to is you didn't have the resources to learn it. And so you just went out and did it. And I think more people need to spend time actually just really trying things and not be so afraid of, of messing up or looking for every single tutorial. Cause I know me personally, I learned the best when I just put a camera in my hands and I figure it out. Exactly. And I think it's very important as filmmakers and as creators to experiment and learn through experimentation whether that be after effects editing in premiere whatever editor of your choice or going out and figuring out how to shoot slow motion obviously there's so many great tutorials on youtube for learning filmmaking um, and learning after effects and all those programs but if you don't go out there and actually apply it yourself and just try to experiment you're never going to get everything out of those tutorials yep and what will end up happening that i see too often is you know all the people that follow every single tutorial that someone does so closely, well, all you're really doing is figuring out how you can be exactly like the person you're watching, which isn't unique in itself. And I think you have to create your own, you know, your own looks, your own, your own unique twist on things. Exactly. And again, kind of hammering home that point of experimenting. And uh, you've, you've probably seen too that people will watch tutorials and then they'll just copy those exact settings, whether it's a color grading tutorial or an After Effects tutorial. They'll copy the exact settings of the tutorial, but they don't actually learn anything. And one instance actually comes to mind. There's a creator on Instagram. You've probably seen him. His name is Sam Colder. Uh, he's on YouTube as well. Yep. And he kind of popularized this, the orange and teal color grade and the zoom transition that kind of everyone copied. And then they just stayed there and kind of stayed stagnant. Um, so right. just applying... Applying what you learn and experimenting with it is just very, very important. Yeah, I agree. So I want to talk a little bit about your YouTube um, journey. You obviously have, or some people may not even necessarily know, the crazy success you have on your other channel as well. Um, you've obviously, in the last six months or so, grown your um, your main channel now, which is obviously a lot of vlogs, tutorials, and kind of just a lot of great filmmaking stuff. But I want to talk a little bit about your other channel because it's not necessarily one that you post content to all the time, but I think you can learn a lot from just some of the success that you had in that. Talk a little bit about what that channel is because it's obviously very different than what you are doing now. Yes. So my main channel now or the channel I focus most of my energy on is Colin Ross. 
and like you said, I do vlogs, tutorials. Um, I do some, I do some shorts, but it's mainly focused on vlogs, tutorials. Um, but I have another channel called CC Mega Productions that is kind of a kids content channel that creates 3D animations uh, revolving video games like Minecraft and Legos, and that's what's actually afforded me the opportunity to come out here and move to Los Angeles. Um, it's it's grown it's grown more than I ever thought possible because I remember going back to the Freddie W. Freddie Wong is his name. I think he's now the channel Rocket Jump on YouTube, but I remember seeing Freddie W. create these videos, wanting to go out and create them, and then figuring out that it was his job and that he could do it for a career. And I just I loved creating so much that I just decided I want YouTube to become my job because not that there's anything wrong with the typical nine to five, but I just knew. Probably at age like 15 or 16, when I figured out this is probably after I had even uploaded maybe 20 videos to the channel, I figured out you could earn revenue through YouTube, and this is very much in the infancy of YouTube and the partner program. Not everyone got to monetize right. videos instantly. It's just crazy to see how much it's grown. I feel so lucky with you know it's afforded me the ability to travel and come to Los Angeles, and I'm very lucky that it's grown so large. But it's not where my heart was at,、mm-hmm. and I think it's very important to. I've seen the pattern of a lot of creators, especially、um, especially coming up today with the YouTube stars like Logan Paul and Rice Gum. They've kind of exemplified the monetary aspect of YouTube. So so many people are getting into creating in videos because they want to make money, not because they have an innate love for creating. Yeah. So I think it's important to just create because you want to create, and not create because you want to make money. Yeah, and I think that it's I think it's important for the sake of if you create or if you put stuff on YouTube strictly to make money, you don't love what you do. Well, you're also letting YouTube determine your fate, and it's so important that you know if you love filmmaking and YouTube shuts down tomorrow, well, if you love filmmaking, there's still gonna be opportunities for you to keep making films. If you're doing content strictly for money. You're gonna realize quickly that you, because you don't love it, it's just gonna not be fun to upload it. And I know that you know I talked to you right around I don't know a thousand subscribers or maybe even under that when you were just when you just started creating tons of videos. And I remember what we were talking about was just that exact thing that you know you had a lot of success in that other channel, but you can only do something for so long if you don't love it. So your new channel now has twenty、uh, thousand subscribers, something another a crazy number because it's grown super fast. Your other one has half a million. What are some YouTube tips that you can give to people? Not even necessarily YouTube algorithm tips, all that stuff. But what are some things that you've learned、um, through this journey? Because it's not easy being a YouTuber full time. No, it's definitely not. And there is a lot that goes along with being a YouTube creator. There's a lot of,、um, like you said, YouTube could shut down tomorrow. There's not very much stability in the platform, but. There's so many opportunities for people out there to earn revenue and make it their job if they really are passionate about it. And I think the biggest tip I can offer is create content. It's it sounds cliche as all get out, but create content that you like making because if you aren't creating content that you're passionate about, your audience is going to see right through it. And if they don't,、yep. they're probably not an audience that you really want to curate and have around.、Um, yep. But I can just. Advocate for creating content that fulfills you, and you definitely have to take in the algorithm side of things and think about that. Because if you're not, 
then you're not optimizing your growth with content with good content you're making but i think the passion has to come first before anything Uh, i 100% agree i think it's easy for people to you know when people started creating youtube content years ago i think everyone got into it just because they loved putting videos on youtube and like you said i think there's just been this this big shift unfortunately where people just are seeing these you know logan paul and seeing the people you're talking about making just insane amount of money that they're they're getting into YouTube, like you said, for the wrong reasons. Exactly. And I think it's also just turning people into uh, just really getting a bad view of YouTubers, getting a va- bad view of kind of that it's so easy and it's just so fun. You get to just do whatever the heck you want, post videos wherever you want. And it's just it's just not true. Uh, obviously, he's doing some things correct in the manner that he's growing at the pace he is. Um, but he's not necessarily doing it the way that I would prefer to do it if I had the opportunity to yeah, do that. Yeah. But I do think it is just, it's important for people to realize that number one, if your goal is to be a full-time YouTuber, it is a tiny percentage of people in the world that will have that opportunity. But if you really do what you love, I think that that is how you grow. And I can see that that's why you're growing, obviously, in your channel now. So one of the things that I think was fascinating about you when I met you is that with all the success that you had and the growth you were having in your channel, you didn't live in a big place. You didn't live in LA. You didn't live in New York City. You lived in a little town in Kansas. Yes. You know, not everybody has to live in a massive city to make it in video or make it in YouTube. Can you talk a little bit about that? And obviously now you're in LA, which we'll touch on, but let's talk about the small town YouTuber. The small town Kansas YouTuber. Um, yeah, so I guess obviously I grew up in Kansas City, Kansas, or around the area of Kansas City, Kansas. Uh, I did not grow up on a farm, but I'm not gonna say it was close to a farm, but it was maybe kind of close. No, it wasn't. Um, I also get the, I, I also get a lot now that I'm out in LA. I get a lot of the uh, "you're not in Kansas anymore" jokes from. Uh, you know, of course you do. <laughs> but I think. I don't like how it's kind of become, I feel like a lot of younger creators specifically, not to say that there aren't older creators that also think this, but I think there's a lot of people that see YouTube and they see kind of like the mecca of creators that are in Los Angeles and California and New York, and they kind of want to immediately flock to that, and they feel like they can't create if they're not in those locations, and I just want to call complete BS on that, which is... Yep kind of hypocritical of me to say now that I'm out in Los Angeles, but I didn't build my, like you, like you said, my CC Mega Productions channel is nearing 500,000 subscribers. And I built that all in a small town in Kansas. It didn't take living out here, the connections out here, you can build something from where you are and the people around you, the community around you. Um, There are, there's so many more people in your area that are interested in YouTube and creating and filmmaking than you think there are. And at the beginning, when I started out in Kansas, I didn't think there were that many people, but you slowly learn, at least I slowly, I didn't learn as quickly as I wish I had before I left. I can guarantee you that there's such a great community of people in your area that are willing to help you on your films, be actors, you know, hold a boom pole, whatever, whatever you're interested in creating, there's a good community around you and you don't necessarily, you don't in any shape or form need to be in Los Angeles to, or Los Angeles, New York, et cetera, any big city to be a creator, a YouTuber, or a filmmaker. Right. And I think there's obviously good, you know, there, there are great reasons to go out to these big cities and without question, there are more chances for opportunity in them. Um, but like you said, you you moved to LA because of the success you had before 
LA and that gave you the opportunity to do that. So I want to talk a little bit about that kind of this move to LA. I mean, it was obviously a big decision. I'm sure it didn't come overnight. What kind of went into the decision? What's kind of uh, your thought process behind going there? I always, there's kind of always that esoteric gloss around Los Angeles and going there. Um, I never really thought I would because I, I did, I did love Kansas so much. I love the people there. I love my family. I love my girlfriend. They're all still in Kansas, which would be probably a whole topic for another discussion at one point. But I wanted to leave no stone unturned. And I knew there were, there was, there are so many more opportunities in Los Angeles and the film scene that's just naturally i mean it's hollywood that's just how it is and i i it does it's not necessarily going to be like the next 10 or 5 years i'm very open to whatever i find here and if after a year i don't feel like it's been beneficial i don't feel like i've grown i don't feel like i enjoy it like i can go back to kansas but i didn't want to leave any stone unturned and like gary v also says regret is one of the worst things that you could ever have in your life and 100%. I didn't want to have a regret where I wished I wish I would have gone out to Los Angeles for a year and just tried it out and experienced it I don't want to be thinking that when I'm 60 or 70 years old and just have that what if in my life yeah. there's nothing worse than the what if exactly but I mean you you drove the exact drive that I did kind of stayed in some of the same towns it's a very beautiful drive and while you're driving out it's such a contrast of feelings because you're leaving behind where you lived your entire life, but you're also going out for one of, hopefully, what's going to be one of the greatest adventures of your life. So it's such a it's such a stark contrast, and it's so it's such a roller coaster of emotions. And I think that's it. It hasn't been a hundred percent sunshine and rainbows out here. I guess you could say mm-hmm. um, it's been a little sad at times. And I don't want to you know get the audience too depressed, but. It's no, just, it's just a reality. It's the reality of life. I mean, when I when I moved to, out to Arizona in the first place, there's there's as much excitement as there is to move to somewhere new as much as there's just the reality once you actually get there that you don't have anybody. But, I, but what I love and what I think is I really would love to talk about is, you know, you talked about regret and, you know, it would be easy for you to stay in Kansas for the rest of your life and continue to grow and, and love life and love that. But you may always have this what if. You may always have, well, I really should have went there or I didn't do this. And and maybe you could talk a little bit about that side of things. I know there's probably a lot of people listening to this podcast, a lot of people that follow your content, my content, whatever it is, that are either young and they're dreaming of one day doing something, or maybe worse, they're they're at a stage where they're kind of they really are at a stage where they want to make a move, whether it's whether it's making a move to another city or whether it's just making a new career choice, whether it's doing something and you have, you know, parents or friends or people not really in support of what you're doing. Um, I don't know how much of that you received as far as, you know, this is the support versus the people that kind of were really questioning why you're doing what you're doing. But maybe you could touch on that. What, you know, how how do people deal with their parents, their friends who might kind of be trying to hold them back from following their dreams, but yet do you want to live with that regret versus actually making the decision? Did you deal with any of that when you were kind of going out? I dealt with a little bit of it for sure. Um, I think when making any huge decision, there's always going to be people, there's always going to be people saying you shouldn't do it. There's always going to be people that are supportive. You hope that in your life, the people that you surround yourself with will be supportive of that. But 
I think for anyone, they always have at least one person that's kind of a naysayer, someone who wasn't 100% supportive. And you just have to kind of respect it, kind of respectfully decline their opinion. You kind of, you always have to listen to people who are important to you and trying to be honest with you, but you also have to make a decision. What do you really want to do? And if that doesn't align with someone else's beliefs or values, that's just, I mean, that's tough luck for them. And in my opinion. Yeah. And you know, we talked about this a little bit when I was in LA too, but I think that years down the road, you're either going to look back and say, it wasn't a great decision for me to make it. um, And I can always go back and restart what I did or years down the road, you're going to be even more annoyed or, or pissed off at parents or families or friends that held you back just because you didn't want to go against what they said. And that's going to be worse for you. It's going to be way worse for you to have kind of this, this grudge with somebody that held you back rather than like you have to decide whether you care enough that if you go out there and you fail and it is miserable and you decide to move back to Kansas, it is what it is. That's just life. It's not the end of the world. And sure, there's going to be people that might say, I told you so. They might say this, they might say that, but you at the end of the day are going to feel better when you make a decision that you say, this is just what I want to do. And regardless of the results, I'm okay with that much more than you are going to be okay with yourself. If four years down the road, you never moved out there because, you know, aunt Sally told you that you shouldn't. And then now you're kind of like, man, why did I ever listen? And then you don't get the chance again. I think if you let anyone in your life hold you back for making a decision about something that you're passionate about, if you let them keep you from making that decision, I don't think you have the passion and desire it takes to achieve whatever goal, whatever new thing, whatever new place you're trying to go to. I think that you don't have enough drive to get there and get the end result you want anyway, because people people's opinion of you should not hold you back from going for something, going for broke, going 100% at whatever you're trying to accomplish. And I think it comes down to one thing, and I think it's it's... We talked about this in LA and I talked about this with everybody. You have to get to a point where when you are focused on something, when you are really determined, here's what I'm going to do, you have to in the nicest way possible, you, you can't care what anybody else thinks. And it doesn't mean that you have to rule everybody out and that you can't have anybody tell you anything and they can't give you advice. But it eventually has to get to the point where either you're going to make decisions for what you want to do or somebody else is going to make them for you. And I think that it is just so important for people to realize that so many dreams that people aren't able to succeed in and their passions are simply because they were more concerned with pleasing somebody else than doing what they love. And I don't know anybody that is happy that ended up living that way. There are a lot of filmmakers that have incredible talent and incredible passion that will never do anything in filmmaking because their parents want them to be doctors. And there are amazing, you know, YouTubers and all these people that can create incredible things and they will be forced to let somebody else determine what they do in life. And it gets to a hard point, but I think that those people will have more, they'll be more upset with life down the road if they look back and feel like they never got to do what they wanted much more than they'd be upset if they failed by trying something and then they ended up having to be what their parents said. Let your parents say, I told you so. It's a much better thing to have them say, I told you so, than for you to, in your head, always be kind of resenting the fact that they held you back or that anyone held you back from what you really want to do. I agree 100% with that. And I think 
as I get older, I'm 22. My birthday was actually a couple weeks ago. I'm not old by any means, but I don't feel as young as I used to. As you get older, it becomes harder and harder to start over. Like you can start at any age, but it's very it's a lot easier when you're younger and you don't have a family. It's a lot easier to just carve that path and, you know, not listen to what anyone else has to say. Not to say that you can't do that at any age, but yeah, you can take a chance. I mean, at at 32 years old with two kids, and a business like I have now, it's a whole different story for me to get up and decide that I want to change a path and go to a different part of the country. You're, you're smartly doing it at a young age because number one, you have so much time to actually grow and build connections and get better at what you do. But you also have so many time, so much time to start over if it doesn't work out. Exactly. And I'm confident it's going to work out for you because I think you're just extremely talented. But I think it's just smart to do what you're doing, to just do it early when you don't have a lot of responsibilities holding you back and you'll have time to do something else if you don't like it. Exactly. But it's important to taste a lot of different things and to determine what you like. Because I remember when I was 21 years old, I mean, I was touring around the country playing music at the time, but I thought that that was everything in my life. I thought I was going to do that forever. I got to about 27 years old and I quit music entirely and I went into doing what I do now, which is video production. And had I not gotten the opportunity or done what I wanted to in my head, which was do music and tour around the country, I'd always still have this regret of like, man, what would have happened if I did? But I did it. I went full force at it and then realized it just wasn't for me. And I started over at 27 years old, 28 years old. I decided I wanted to do video and that's where I'm at today. But there's just so much time. And I think that that's great advice for young people. I think that I can kind of relate that to me in high school. I played basketball and it was always sports in my household. My mom uh, was a college basketball player. My dad was a college football player. Sports were just 100% emphasized in my youth. And I grew up and that was the only thing I knew. There's the only thing I ever wanted. I wanted to, you know, go to the University of Kansas and play basketball. That was like the epitome of dreams. And I mean, things change and new tastes come. And if you don't have that open-mindedness to try new things, especially when you're young, um, you might not never know what you're missing out with trying something new. So last thing I want to talk about is just what's next. You're in LA now. You're finally somewhat settled in after some craziness with your apartment situation. If you had to draw it out accordingly, what what are you looking to do there? Okay, this is this is a big question. This is one tough. I've been, it's a big it's, it's a it's, big question. If, and if you haven't thought about it, then you moved out too early. <laughs> yeah, no, I I've been um, I have a set plan, but I'm always kind of thinking about you know what I truly want to do, what I truly like doing, like we were kind of previously talking about. But currently, my plan is to keep blogging, keep making tutorials, and as well as on the side, keep creating passionate projects like my uh, How to Fly a Drone, like Casey Neistat, Casey Neistat versus the FAA. Making those shorts with VFX is, I found that that's the content I enjoy making the most. Um, So I'm going to continue to create that type of content and just continue to not be complacent with my current video editing skills, After Effects Premiere. Just keep learning, keep trying new things, keep experimenting with 3D programs and try to just grow my skills as much as possible and learn as much as I can in the process while all the while documenting the process for people on the channel. 
Um, but that's that's the current plan. Well, that's awesome. And I want to talk. I want, I want people to obviously know where they can connect with you. I know recently, which I really love, but you've been doing these these. I don't know how long you'll do it. So whether or not you still are these filmmaker Fridays, where you're kind of just getting some people together to just talk and and how's that been going? That's just such a cool thing to be able to have people connect with with you in person. Yes, it is. Um, I've been posting on the YouTube community tab and on the uh, creator or not the creator studio. And uh, my Instagram story, I've created kind of a filmmaking meetup in Los Angeles for people who are starting out or experienced or just creators of all ages um, to come to this meetup at 7.30 p.m. every Friday at the Urban Lights near the LACMA Center in Los Angeles. And the best conversations I've found have always come from talking to people who are also passionate about what you're passionate about. And it's, I'm... I wouldn't say I'm an awkward person, but I'm not very, like, I'm not a socially, uh, what, what do you call it, uh, not introvert, extrovert. I'm not very extroverted, right. but it's always so easy to talk to people who are passionate about what you are, and we have great conversations. We're always learning new things, shooting things, and it's just, it's cool to grow that community and just talk to people who are also as passionate as you are. Yep. Well, I appreciate you being here, and I appreciate you taking a few minutes, and Enjoy your sunny, warm L.A. weather, and when I get back out there again, we'll have to meet up again and have some coffee. Well, thanks for being on the show. Enjoy your evening, and we will talk very soon. Thanks, thanks for having me on. I appreciate um, you, you know, doing this, and talk to you soon, man. Thank you. So thanks again to Colin for taking a few minutes to chat with us. I hope that you found it um, interesting to just see different people's journey. I always find it fascinating to hear how different people got to where they're at today. Everyone is on their own journey. It's part of the reason why my channel talks about documenting my journey. I think that there is is value in just the journey people go through because everyone has gotten to where they've gotten to today a different way. And I think that it's just cool to hear different stories. I appreciate Colin and just the person he is and just the creative um, brain that he has. So check him out, show him some love, follow him on Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. Tell him hello if you've never checked out his content. And that's going to do it for this episode. Hope you loved it. Would love to get your feedback on Twitter at Scott W. McKenna. And I will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Scott McKenna podcast.